another episode of currently binging the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time make sure you hit that subscribe button whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds to rate comment all greatly appreciated so yes we are discussing the girl before this one is dropping pretty late after or pretty late after um it initially dropped in the u.s so it's been oh gosh almost a month maybe now since this dropped um but we are discussing it today it also dropped in the uk in like december because it is a uk show or yeah uk bbc drama (laughs) so of course they got it first but before we get into all that i just love starting this off with like a little bit of update of where we are um what you can potentially look forward to hearing and so right now at the moment and i also like to do this because it kind of helps you keep track or track like what i could potentially talk about and what may be coming up because there are a lot of um weekly streams at the moment and not too many um binge binge shows so but there are some a couple of movies coming up uh Batman being one of them so for sure we're gonna go see that so you can look forward to my thoughts on that but as far as TV is concerned I am still watching Suspicion I am doing like a mini type of binge so that's where I let them release a few episodes at a time and then I watch it I wanted to wait until they release them all at one time but considering the amount of shows that are being dropped weekly I'm like that's probably not realistic the other thing that I'm watching is Biller. I mentioned that in the previous episode, Inventing Anna. Still watching that. Still plan to talk about it because it does fall in the genre of like all the other teen dramas that I discuss. So there's that. Um, I just started watching Severance. I'm like a week behind on that. Again, another weekly show um, that's being dropped. Still debating if I'm going to talk about that one. Um, I am also still watching After Party, which I think this week may be the final episode, but I keep saying I don't think I'm going to discuss it, but you never know. That could change. I think those are the ones that are top of mind at the moment. Um, But yeah, so that's an update on that. Let's get into The Girl Before. So giving my warnings, especially because this is based on a book that I did read. This is a solo hosted show. It is only me. I'm going to go all over the place. I'm going to repeat myself. There will be spoilers. Spoilers for everything. The TV show, the book, like all that. It's fair game. So if you are not here for the spoilers or don't want to hear me talk about the book, then I suggest that you stop the episode right here, right now. (laughs) So let's get into this. The Girl Before. So like I said, I did read the book. The book is by J.P. Delaney. It was released in 2016. Uh, if you are a long-time listener, then you know I usually set a book goal for every year to read like a certain amount of books. And my genre of choice is like mystery thriller. I've been slacking on that hardcore <laughs> over the last couple of years because it's just been a struggle. Um, so like anything that's been released in the last couple of years, I am for sure behind. And if they get turned into TV shows and movies, like I'm going to be like, I've never read this book. <laughs> But anyway, so I did read this. I did rate this pretty low, at least for me. Um, I think I gave it like a three or something like that, meaning that I probably wanted to give it like a 2.5. I don't know. It just felt a little all over the place. Um, 
for the most part, the show stuck close to the source material. I did read an article where um, J.P. Delaney was saying that, like, he's one of those authors who's like, oh, I want to be collaborative. Like, I'm not going to let the TV show, like, fall or fail because I want them to stick as close to the book as possible. He's like, no, like, he wanted them to have creative license to change whatever they wanted to change to make it work for their TV show. But he did work with, um, work like alongside <laughs> while producing the TV show, as well as, um, Gugu Mbatha-Ra also worked closely. I think she has an executive producer, um, credit, but I think that you can tell at least story-wise some of the changes if you did read the book to kind of strengthen some of the characters to make them a little more um, multi-dimensional and not so um, one-dimensional, if, if that even makes sense. If you read the book, hopefully you know what I'm talking about. But like, I don't know, it was just a lot of like things in the book because you're following two timelines, which is already like tricky when you're reading. And then you have all these things that are kind of happening. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious in the book as well as kind of on the, on the show, because even when I was watching it, I was like, I can't remember who actually killed um, Emma, I believe it's Emma, in the like pre, the like past timeline. But I think it's pretty obvious in the book, but also in the TV show. So they like did a good job. If you were like paying attention, then I think you would have caught on to who the killer actually is. It also seemed a little more um, obvious on the TV show than in the book who the um, killer is. Cause then now you can see like facial expressions and like interactions um, that those like silent moments between the characters on screen, whether it's Simon and Emma or Simon with, um, what was his name, Edward. Like, you can see it, so it's a little more obvious, like, hmm, I think that I know who the killer is. Um, but yeah, so this show was four episodes, which you guys know, I these this is the reason why I love, like, I want to say BBC dramas, but I'm like, does everything that we get, at least that gets dropped on, like, Netflix, are they all from BBC? I'm not sure, but they all, they know how to make a short and succinct season of TV and not drag things out like we do in the States. So it was a four-part series. I am not expecting this to be renewed. I didn't even Google season two because it doesn't even make sense for there to be a season two of this. I feel like everything pretty much wrapped up in like a nice little bow and creating a season two is just doing it because you want to make money or something like that. But it was four episodes. It went pretty quickly. Um, and for it to be four episodes, like I think, again, it also helped with it, if you're comparing it to the book, because I think that because they only have four episodes, they were able to like get rid of a lot of the stuff that didn't really work in the book. Um, so this is like end of book <laughs> spoilers, because the end of the book, like I said, the, the show for the most part followed the book, but the there are some slight differences and like motivation, if that makes sense. So while Jane does end up 
like in a relationship with Edward and getting pregnant by Edward. Like come to find out she sought Edward out because she thought that he can give her the perfect baby. This is in the book. And in the book, the baby that she does have ends up having Down syndrome. And so Edward's like, we should give the baby up and um, because like he wants and try again to create like the perfect baby. And she's like, uh, no. So like, I don't know how that would have been received if I stayed in the show. But like, yeah, that's what happened in the books. Like they were able to at least get rid of like some of the things that most likely probably would not have worked on screen. They also kind of blew out some of the characters um, on the show versus in the book. Like the detective and also Simon's boss. Was it Simon's boss? Yeah. Because, or was, was that his boss or his... That was also like, he came off as his friend. Well, they were friends with that couple. But I, I don't know if... Or not Simon's boss, Emma's boss. Was he actually Emma's boss or like someone in a higher position than her, but not necessarily her boss? In the book, it was distinct that it was her boss. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, um, so they kind of like blew out some of those um, characters here because I can't remember or I can't recall in the book if the boss or the colleague will say colleague slash friend ends up getting arrested for raping her but yeah so anyway <laughs> overall I think the acting um was pretty spot on I know I've, I've been spending a lot of time on like individual performances in previous episodes for some reason this year um but it was strong across the board and I honestly wasn't expecting less considering like who are the people in the cast so again Google about the raw is playing Jane David Oyelowo oh my gosh I literally just said his last name like a hundred times and then I get on here and it's like I can't even talk he plays Edward Jessica Plummer plays Emma Ben Hardy is Simon and those are like the two or like the main people who were following around with Emma being our past storyline who's the woman who died and then Jane in our present timeline who essentially has a similar kind of um flow as far as like everything that happens after she moves into the house to Emma except the only difference is that she gets pregnant by David and she's kind of like a little more um what's the word a little more aware and cautious because she's kind of like on her own hunt to figure out what happened to Emma and so she's a little more aware of everything whereas Emma like is dealing with the trauma in the app in the um what's the word like post like PS PTSD in a way from her from being raped and no one really knows that so it's being raped but also like having there's two different things that's that's happened to Emma. She was raped by someone she knows, which at the at that point she didn't tell the police or her boyfriend, Simon, that she had been raped by someone she knew. She said that she was raped by by the person who broke into the apartment. So that was the second event. So like it's a lot of trauma that she's dealing with during this time period when they move into this house. So there's that. Um as far as like 
everything that happens <laughs> in the house. And I do want to want to say, because I was reading, I think it was an article, um, like right after I watched this, where uh, David Oyelowo said that he was cautious about doing this role because he, um, like it was a role different from like the roles he's played previously, which is like, honestly, kind of true. And I kind of thought that when I saw that he was playing Edward because Edward comes off as this kind of like controlling um, person who's like very particular, wants everything a specific way. Like we see that based on like the house, this house that he's built, the life that he lives, his interactions with people. Like he has super high standards that literally no one can meet. Um, and I should also say the other difference from the book is that is in the ending, but we'll circle back to that. <laughs> circle back, here I go. <laughs> Put a pin in that, we'll get back to it. Um, the other person who I'm, I'm finding that he has been playing some interesting roles and I'm kind of starting to see a pattern and I wonder what he's gonna do next is Ben Hardy because at least the thing that I can remember um, that is not like this type of like shady character who could kill someone <laughs> is um oh my gosh the movie <sighs> Bohemian Rhapsody that's the one that comes like close to mind but like he's been in a lot a lot of things that I've actually watched but the other thing that was right before here where like the character is kind of similar where similar in ways but it's the voyeurs like he's playing this it's similar in a way because like though his character throughout majority of the voyeurs I'm trying to say this in a way to not spoil the voyeurs in case you haven't watched it but the voyeurs is on Amazon Prime it's a movie if you want to watch it it's a lot of cool kids in it <laughs> so I'm trying to say this in a way not to spoil it because I don't want to spoil this but I will say when we're first introduced to him in the voyeurs your first perception of that character is similar to this to the character that he plays in the girl before because there's this sense of danger that okay there we go there's a sense of danger that's kind of similar in the two so moving away from the voice so that I don't spoil anything. I don't, I did not realize that was going to be hard to try to compare the two, but it was. Um, so moving away from that, um, it's interesting watching him play these characters because the character references I have prior to what I've most recently seen him in has been like a little more happy, a little more um, like carefree. Although, I mean, I guess it's debatable when we think about Bohemian Rhapsody, but essentially it's not like this sense of danger around them or around those characters versus the, the most recent um, roles. But seeing them in this, and maybe that's also why I was like, oh, it's pretty easy to tell who did it, especially if you didn't read the book and you're coming in this like, I have no clue what, what happens in the story. Like it's pretty easy to tell because like his interactions from the beginning all the way through to the end, especially the way that he talks to, to Emma 
um, the way she interacts with them. And even Edward calls it out when they go to the office to um, talk about the house and for the first time. And Edward like corrects him like, oh, that's not the way essentially you talk to the woman who you love. I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exactly what he said. But like even that, it's that early that it's, it's kind of like a red flag. Like, oh, there could potentially be something going on with the Simon guy. Uh, the other thing I will say is like every time he talked to Emma, like if it wasn't in a way where he was like condescending, he would talk to her in a way like he was irritated. It was like another talk, another um, telling sign as to like, oh, potentially red flag it could be him. Edward is just always too obvious of a choice. <laughs> Although there are examples of shows like going with the obvious choice, but um, for like whoever the killer is. But like, I just felt like David was too obvious of a choice. And even, um, what is his name? Or I don't, I don't know what the the colleague slash friend's name is. But like, even he's a little bit too obvious of a choice, especially if we're looking at the setting of where Emma dies, she dies in the house. So you know it has to be someone like she knows she feels comfortable with. So that kind of really narrow, narrows it down. And then we also have um, the stalker, or not the, well, he is a stalker, the guy who broke into her house the first time, which is like, <laughs> The way they, that he was introduced and then the way we see him, I mean, I guess some people could think that as him, but like, to me, it doesn't make sense for him to be the killer, just based off of how she died. But yeah, I also love the moment, and I'm speaking from this from purely like the show, the show perspective of like when you're, when we're introduced to that crawl space, which I have to say, the way that... I know we're going back to the book, but the way that I pictured this house reading the book is exactly how it is on screen. And I don't know, I think that speaks to like how the um, the house was described in the book. But literally, as soon as I saw the house, I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like the house I pictured while reading the book. The only thing that didn't look like it was like the little garden area. That's not how I pictured it. I pictured it a completely different way. Even the outside of the house, I pictured it a little bit differently, but the inside from the staircase to like, like all of it was like, this is kind of how I pictured the house. So spot on, spot on for that. But, um, but yeah, the one thing that I, that we put a pin on as far as the ending is concerned, or no, before we get there, I was talking about the crawl space. So like the way that they introduced the crawl space and you as a viewer is like, oh, this must have been where it's just kind of like putting all this even more pressure on the viewer to be like, oh, it has to be Edward, even though it's the super obvious choice. Like she's clearly hiding from someone, either it's him or the, um, the robber, the thief, or what, what are they called? Burglars. <laughs> or it's either him or the burglar. And so when you're first introduced to that crawl space, similar to Jane, we're like, oh, this must have been where Emma was sleeping and hiding out. But it's like, no, revealed that it was actually Simon who was in there after she kicked him out. <laughs> and he was literally like sleeping in the crawl space. That is so creepy. Like, 
if you're one of those people who always are like, are there secret cameras anywhere? Like, it's giving me that type of like, like crummy, like icky types of vibes where you feel like someone's watching you, but you don't, you can't see them. Ugh, that is so disturbing. But yeah, so it just speaks to how crazy he is. But now going back to the thing that we were going to put the pin in, which is the actual ending or around the ending. So the other thing that is different, which you could interpret this a couple of ways, I guess, if you're the viewer um, and you're like, oh, he's still showing people the house. Does that mean that they're, we could potentially, they're leaving an opening for a season two did edward really change like what is going on here um but i think it's a little it's a little deeper than that <laughs> because the thing other thing that's different from the book and the um show is that after everything that happens with jane jane has a baby like she literally like dips out on him at the clinic <laughs> and leaves him a letter <laughs> and it's like I'm going to have this baby. You, here's my therapist number. You need to go see her and talk to her. Like, I don't know why I thought that was funny, but he actually calls and talks to the therapist. So I think you can interpret it in a way that, I mean, he still has this house, this house or this um, building that he owns that is sitting empty and he's not going to live in it. So if you think of it that way as him being like a homeowner or landlord or whatever, like he, he needs to put someone in that building. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the next person who comes into that building is going to go through the same events or similar events, maybe not the death part, but similar events to Emma and Jane. And he's like going to be demanding and like is looking for this woman, this girl or this woman, this girl, this woman who can replace his wife that he lost. Uh, and so looking for an exact replica, like we can potentially assume, and I think it's left open in a way where you can like make your own guess as to what happens next. But I think it's safe to assume that, yeah, he's essentially still has a house in the market because he wants people to live in it. And it's not necessarily that he's trying to find a replacement for his wife. Uh, but the one thing we don't know is like the whole being like super rigid and controlling about what you can do in the house and how you can live in the house. Like, not sure if that's changed. I hope it does. Cause even when I read in the book and then seen it in the show, like how you had to live in order to live in that house, there is no way, like there is no way. There's absolutely no way. I can't even think of a way around it. There's no way I could have lived there at all. Like, yeah, I can get rid of things, but to the point where, like, Jane was like, oh, yes, strip strip myself of all of my belongings and come down to these few things that can fit in these hidden places, which are few and far between. Like, anytime I look for somewhere to live, I'm like, how much storage is it? Because I have a lot of things I need to store and hide away. There's just no, it's probably not as ridiculous as Emma where she's like, I don't want to get rid of it because of sentimental value and all those things. Like, I'm pretty, <laughs> show me your closet and I can get rid of all the things you don't need. Like, that is not my problem. It's just like, 
having things that I like to store. Like I'm a crafts person. So storing arts and crafts things, I have so many of them, they need to go somewhere. I have so many reusable shopping bags, they need to go somewhere. It's things like that. It's not, and it's not necessarily like um, other things that you don't really need, but yeah. I feel like I went off on a tangent that I didn't need to go off of. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about this show. I didn't have too many notes, but overall, like, I thought it was pretty close to the source material. I thought it um, worked really well. I love that it was a four-part season of TV that hopefully should not and does not get a second season. And yeah, I honestly don't really have any complaints if anything, it would be complaints around, like, behaviors and actions of the characters. But, like, I still had, I even had that while I was reading the book. So, there's nothing um, different there because some of them are irritating in the book. And some of them are still irritating in the show. But, yeah, that's all I have to say. I want to know what you guys thought. <laughs> Let me know what you thought about The Girl Before uh, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently Benjamin on Instagram and at currently on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.